Hello, this is Sheena Byron from AllFromEternity.com introducing our new podcast series. In the podcast, I'll be carrying out interviews with maternity workers and childbirth activists, hopefully to stimulate discussion. All for Maternity is our platform for learning, sharing and caring and we have lots of e-learn modules, blogs and a nurture zone, two journals including the Practicing Midwife Journal and the New Student Midwife Journal. Do come and take a look, we'd love you to join us and that's at allformaternity.com. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, everyone who's listening. It is morning time now, and I'm sat in my living room, as usual, in Lancashire, and the sun has just started to stream through through the window that's, that's, uh, that's in this room, and I actually can't see very well, but I'm just joined this morning by a very special friend, someone who I've only actually um, met properly um, in, in the past six months, and um, she's become a really big part of my life and her name is Kay King and she's sat here in my living room because she's on my laptop screen. So good morning Kay. Good morning Sheena and I'm I'm sat in my, I'm actually sat on my bed in um, my in-laws house in Hailing Island. So we've... Where is that? I know that's what everyone says. Hailing Island is it's very close to Portsmouth, so it's an island adjoined by a bridge. And we're just here whilst we try to make a move over to Cornwall, which will happen eventually. <laughs> so good that you can isn't it brilliant that you can sit on your bed and we can have this meeting and this conversation that we can record and share with everybody. It's so exciting, isn't it? It really is, yeah. I think it's, it's so strange, isn't it, how we've changed our communication. But, yeah, the world kind of got smaller by putting everybody inside our laptops. So yeah. I know, it did. Well, it's such a joy to have you, Kay. And I just want to share with everyone that's listening that... So Kay, Kay is... Um, she's going to tell you all about herself, but I just want to tell you the impact that she's had on my life. So she contacted me um, a, a couple of months ago when we were in, in really serious lockdown and she contacted me via messenger, Facebook messenger to say she'd like to have a conversation with me. And that conversation led to us doing um, to it, to us entering into a bidding process with her to try to get some some money to do some extra work um, for all for maternity and then we've then then our relationship has just grown and grown and grown and she you know Kay's presence in if you if you ever get to meet her or you ever get to I hope you don't mind me saying all this Kay no I'm just having a nice little blush here but that's fine no one can see me so that's, <laughs> that's all right then so if you ever get to meet her and she becomes part of your your circle then your tribe then you feel very blessed and and so me and my daughter Anna have have had the this kind of like aura around us since we met her and then of course we met in person which we we can give we can tell everybody about our lovely little meeting in person can't yeah. we um, during this podcast but anyway it's just I need to stop talking now but just please just tell everybody a little bit about yourself Kay we know where you're living at the moment and that you sat on your bed but what about all the things that you do and you're doing just tell us a little bit about you well I've got to follow up on that beautiful introduction now like the mo- I I feel the other side of it so I feel like a, um, I've suddenly become friends with my heroes really which is um really quite incredible for me so I've been working in um I've been working in maternity as a doula since 2013 um and I don't know I don't know that I ever really intended for maternity to be my life work I was at the time working very much in the arts and working in the arts to support people with learning disabilities and dementia and um and then I had my children, um, you know, as is the way in maternity, obviously, when we come to it as us, as mothers ourselves. And um, at the time, I'd, I'd moved over to South Africa, actually, with my daughter, who was eight months when we moved over there. And I had moved over to take up a job working, um, running an arts programme in a very rural course of village in South Africa. 
And there I was taking up this dream job with my little family and um, suddenly realized, oh, my goodness, I've got nobody around me that I know who's going to support me in my mothering. I've just sort of cut myself off from all of my networks and a beautiful and very inspirational woman who um, has really informed my journey in maternity a lady called Karen Clark, who um, is a, a midwife. She's a traveling midwife, so she does do births around the world. But her main work is she runs this tiny little um, place called Bus Fair Babies, which is a birth center in a rural village called Hamburg in South Africa. And, and she, for the price of the bus fare to the local hospital, she allows women to have all their antenatal care in this little unit. And she de- delivers babies there um, from, from their hometown. And I just started hanging out with her in between in between my day job and with my little girl on my breast and um, began just sort of immersing myself in this space. And slowly over time, she sort of said to me, oh, can you just hold this for me? Or would you just do this? Could you could you just help? Can I, can I teach you how to do this? And about four or five months into being there, she asked me whether I would go and support whilst a woman was having a baby. And she said, you know, and I think that was the first time really that. I'd heard the word doula um, outside of sort of reading about it. And, and she was like, oh, I need you to be a doula for me. And I, I didn't know really what she meant. So I'd, I went along and, and there began my journey. So I supported a fair few births at Bus Fair Babies and um, was just really honoured to meet Curry. And when I came back to the UK, I was pregnant with my second child, um, came back and I went and I trained with Maddie on the Developing Doulas course. Um, and then it's kind of it's always been sort of work that I've done alongside other work. So I continued doing my work in the art sector, just working as a consultant. I was obviously being a mum. I was teaching a bit of yoga. I was kind of doing bits and bobs everywhere. And then a few clients got in contact with me. I did a fair amount of work with Dooley UK, um, just around kind of consultancy for their how they were structured at the time and um, then ended up working with Millie Hill for quite a long time looking at how she was going to structure her organisation and that it slowly led that more and more my work was in maternity and less and less was in the arts um, until in November last year I started doing some work for White Ribbon Alliance the UK charity of the of the global charity so um, started just there as a consultant and now I'm working four days a week as the exec director and that's led that's led to me meeting wonderful Sheena and all of the Byram clan and my new all for maternity tribe and yeah the White Ribbon Alliance is is wonderful work so it's part of a, a, a global charity that advocates for all women and girls to have um, rights to health care and to well-being and a lot of that takes place within maternity We've got 27 alliance organisations all across the world. So we really are looking at birth in a global context. Um, and it's just, it's exactly the right organisation for me because I've got such a passion for the way in which birth happens, not just in our country, but for all women and for the narratives that exist between all of us, you know, wherever we are in the world, um, but also in the co-production of solutions. So how can we come up, you know, how can we come up for a solution this issue or to you know whatever is going on in those countries by sharing learning by sharing stories and by just being together so I love that work um and then that's led to me also working for all for birth for all for maternity which is wonderful working a day a week um as the project lead on all for birth and somewhere in the middle of all of that I wrote a book as well um no we're going to hear all about your book during this during during this conversation and I'm really excited about that Woo! a book I mean it's just yeah fabulous um, I'm excited for you because that's going to be out very soon wow well you've had a very you've had a varied career and I, I guess that that really is just a snapshot of actually all the all the nitty-gritty of the that what you've been doing as well is on top of so you've got a family as well haven't you yeah oh yeah there's that part of it as well yeah so I've got um, a family I've got two children Suki and Oslo and uh, their dad Sam um yeah and we've got a we've got a lovely life we're very fortunate to be living with Sam's parents at the moment Suki and Oslo are wonderful kids I'm like incredibly blessed they're little empaths Suki's a doula in the making Um, so yeah we're really we're really blessed and we're on our way to moving um 
over to Devon Cornwall. A lot of my family have moved that direction and Sam's got good friends there. So we're we're heading that way. And yeah, just really blessed with with my family and what they continue to teach me and, and that they gave me space to write and work and do all the things that I do. So I know that's incredible, isn't it? Because it's such, you know, balancing children and doing all that work. It's hard. I mean, it's, you know, you and I know that, don't we? That it's because I, I now do that with my grandchildren as well. And um, uh, when we when women have uh, have such sort of um, passionate, passionate uh, sort of journeys, you know, do, it, it, our careers are so in, involved, aren't they? And so emotional that it's it's like bringing your children up as well it's 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 a big thing isn't it it's like it's you need you need your group around you don't you you need everybody around to help you do and I find I find it really interesting with the kids I don't you know I don't make a point of sitting down and teaching them deliberately you know this is what I do for my work or teaching them about birth outside of our normal conversations with kids I don't I wouldn't say that I was particularly had an agenda for teaching them about birth it's so visual you know they've seen me as a doula for many years so they've seen me on call they've um, as my work has transitioned into supporting more and more people through loss I've been really emotionally honest with them about what's happened they've known some of my clients who have lost babies they've known them as friends and so that that narrative about grief and loss has been very alive in our in our household and the, the opportunity that that's given me personally as a mother just to have that going on as a conversation and have to talk about it at such a young age is is a real privilege you know and I think I always laugh when my when my children get school reports back it's it's rarely about their um huge academic ability but the teachers always right you know they're they're emotionally intelligent beyond their years or they're empathic and I just think actually yeah being raised in a household where we have a really strong focus on nonviolent communication and on communicating honestly with our children um and they've seen that whole cycle of of life and death happen constantly and it's it's a real honor that that is part of our family story really I'd love to know more about that so so um just because I don't know this so you know exploring in this in this podcast is really it's really good because I'm dying to know a little bit more about because I kept thinking to myself, why, why a book on leaf and uh, uh, loss and grief? And you've that's what you know. Tell us, tell us about your book and why why you became interested or what 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 led you to to be you know sort of knowledgeable in that area and also to be able to share it with others. So, in in terms of writing a book, so tell us tell us about your journey in in that in that area. Sure. So I, I go into this a little in the introduction in the book, but working in grief was not a deliberate choice for me. Um, it is one that I've, I feel really privileged to be in. But um, I, I got a phone call probably sort of six months into having trained as a doula and I'd been to a few births. I was still a mental doula and I got a phone call, very tentative call from a friend saying that she she wanted to have a termination and and was that something that I did she was sort of you know do, do you doula that and it had just never occurred to me that in my journey through supporting women in birth and the childbearing years that I would be holding space for all of the manifestations of conception and parenting including loss you know it I think I'd almost built it into my mind as something that I was very afraid of um, and that you know obviously Maddie teaches with complete eloquence the the notion of loss holding as part of the developing doulas training course and it so it hadn't not like occurred to me that that would happen I just don't think I had thought that I would be in a situation where I was holding space for it deliberately so I've got this phone call from a friend you know would you come with me whilst I go through the the medical process of my termination and um I, I went away and had a little think about it and was like, of course of course I'm with woman you know that's what I do of course I will be with her while she makes this choice and I will go through all of the the motions that I ordinarily would as a doula to hold space for her and um and I actually found you know really interestingly that in that space I was able to step into my role as doula quite differently more consciously 
think in live births, you know, there's that narrative, isn't there? Whenever people are sort of signing up for a doula course or a midwifery course, I really want, I love babies, you know, and it's it's so not about about the babies, whilst obviously that's a beautiful um, outcome of, of birth and, and pregnancy. Being a doula and being a midwife is about being with woman. And, and so when you're supporting loss, when there isn't that physicality of the transition into live parenthood, actually it forces us as birth keepers to be so absolutely attentive to the needs of the woman and um yeah is it is it okay to say that I liked it that it you know I obviously it's it's hard to say that it was it wasn't a pleasant experience it's not ever pleasant when somebody is experiencing shock or grief or the end of something that they hoped or expected um or something that they've planned to end you know that's it's never an entirely pleasant thing however I think as I've as I've gone through supporting numerous clients and and women now through loss-informed birth I've really come to see the richness and the beauty of being with women in that space um yeah so that that kind of led from from one birth circumstance to another really I began supporting people more deliberately through loss supporting people as they miscarried at home um miscarriages at home when a woman's having an early miscarriage are so there's so much lacking information you know there's women it's so common miscarriage early miscarriage that I feel like very little information is given to women about what's going to happen what they should expect to see what they might physically experience um and and often they're you know they're back at home they don't know how much blood to expect or what they might see as they pass their baby or their loss however they're defining it and to be able to doula women through that and bring beauty and space holding in rather than fear suddenly became something I felt able to do you know I I was I was surprised that it didn't scare me it didn't um it didn't make me feel squeamish. It didn't make me feel like I didn't want to look at it. I just wanted to be there with women while they met their baby or their pregnancy. And then as they met their grief. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you were, I suppose what you were doing there is learning all the time, learning and adapting and, and, and sort of like trying to, to meet their needs in a way that was quite authentic, just sort of naturally doing it because you weren't trained in that that sphere when I say trained I mean you were trained in holding space and you were you were you know sort of educated to a certain level but naturally you must have found found that it was your was it your kind of um was it in you your ability to be able to do that because I, I think it really was and and that's that's the part that was sort of, I guess is sort of surprising I had a miscarriage just before I had my daughter so I got pregnant um at the end of 2010 and I miscarried uh, about 14 weeks at home um and my miscarriage was very pragmatic in a lot of ways um I I didn't consider it baby loss I still don't consider it baby loss. Um, And I think that's one of the interesting things that I explore in the book is, you know, these definitions have to come from a place of how you identify yourself. Mm -hmm. If, if that baby had come to term, then Suki wouldn't have been born. So it's perhaps um, a different journey for me in conceptualizing that because I I see that very much as a, a process that gave me insight into into the experience of loss but I also can then you know looking back on my on my journey through loss I can go yeah but Suki wouldn't be here you know so that's it's it's potentially I don't want to quantify it by saying it's easier one loss and another can't be compared but it's it's very different to a woman who has had multiple miscarriages who is on a conception journey where her loss is just negatively accumulating um my loss was something that led to me having a greater understanding of of the process um but certainly you know I remember being in my bathroom as I passed my pregnancy and going I I don't know what I'm supposed to physically do with this you know I could see 
pregnancy remains, if that's what we want to call them. I could see the sort of outline of a of a sack. I could, and and I suddenly was sort of sat there going, I've been given no information as to what I'm supposed to do or can do now about this, and and that for me has been a really insightful journey in supporting other women to understand that in the midst of this deep sadness in this heartbreaking time when your journey with pregnancy or with um with your baby comes to an end you can you can still have dignity and you should still be being treated with respect and you still have choices that you can make and any of that unresolved in grief recovery which I'll talk about in a bit we we talk a lot about unresolved communications Mm. and if I can be present with a woman at a point where she wants to have a communication that potentially could lead to being unresolved in the future what a blessing what a blessing to be able to be there and facilitate that time and that space to make that that lost birth a ritual in and of itself is is a complete blessing yeah that's yeah I'm sorry about about your miscarriage and you know it's interesting isn't it how it affects us all differently and I had two miscarriages between my third my third child and my fourth, um, I had two losses and I was like you, I was really pragmatic. I already had children. So, you know, I know that sometimes individuals will say, well, it doesn't matter if you've got other children or not, it's still a loss. But for me, it was, it was, I was kind of thinking, well, there must've been something wrong for me for this to happen. So I, I just thought, right, that that's, that's, you know, in a way it was the right thing to happen that's how I dealt with it. And the second time it happened again. And, and again, I thought, yeah, this, this, this mustn't be right. And then of course I had another baby and, and she was absolutely fine. So it is, it's, it, it, I, I find it, I find it fascinating, but I think it's the same with everything in life that, that we're, we're all individuals. And as, the sooner we start to treat each other, like as individuals and, and to give that personalized care um based on what that person wants and that what that how that person is feeling is is really important isn't it and um sounds it sounds like you've you've done some some phenomenal work Kay. and I can tell you know by being with you I can tell by how you are um even on a text message I can tell that you've got this huge capacity to hold space for others and also the empathy that you you display is is quite unique and it's genuine and something that I just love and it, it makes me feel really connected to to people like you because that that to me is just like where life the fundamentals of life are are in that are in those connections and how you do it is is exceptional and I've I've felt it as well myself I've felt. I felt the love that you give out. And so I do, I do um, appreciate how the people that you care for and that you're in touch with through gross, loss and grief must feel enormously um, sort of enfolded in your, in your presence because it's, uh, you're, you're quite a remarkable woman. And so how did you then start to, what brought you then to write your book and tell us about your book? Well, I want to pause and just acknowledge, thank you for sharing about your losses as well. And it's an interesting one. I think, you know, if you're, if you're talking about loss and and like we both just did, it's sometimes it's easy to go, I had this loss and I was quite pragmatic about it. Um, But just to acknowledge that, that you had those losses as well. And just to thank, thank you for sharing that because yes you've got other children and yes you you know you obviously have such an understanding of birth and the physiology of birth and you know that's that must inform the way in which you look back on all of your stories of of loss and birth but there will have been a moment probably you know for for most women even in the midst of those losses where they are journeying something very different to what they expected mm. you know you you see your pregnancy test or you begin to get your symptoms of um, of your pregnancy and then you have to alter and shift you know mm. so yes with hindsight we can look back but but it there are those moments that we all go through and it's so silent it's so mm. unspoken um yeah yes it is it is unspoken and silent and you know it could have been that 
that I was suffering in silence and not saying anything and 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 there wasn't any support there wasn't and even my family were very um you know I mean not many people knew but you know sort of oh well you just you know just get on with life kind of thing but and and I was in a place where I could do that but I I I absolutely acknowledge that not everybody feels like that and I it was very early for me it was an early pregnancy loss two early pregnancy losses very early not that that matters but it's still you know it still made it made a difference to me that it was very early but um yeah I've had other losses in my life that have um you know like my sister died tragically and that that loss was it wasn't my child but it was my eldest sibling and then it was the grief there was just unbelievable and also um we've lost family members or the other family members too soon and um and also separation I've had separation anxiety from one of my children that was for me far greater than losing anybody through death um and there's a big story behind that but that was that was that that was um I've never felt grief like it. So grief, grief, I I kind of have a lived experience of grief, my own. And so I can understand, I can't, can't understand, but I can empathize. But I can imagine how you will, you know, that kind of support having somebody. Because when I had my separation grief, it was my sister who was my doula. And she listened. She just listened. You know, it's that listening, isn't it? Someone not judging, not trying to make things better. This is what I found useful was someone that didn't try to resolve the situation and just acknowledge that it was it was bad. And and that let me speak and cry and cry and cry and cry till I couldn't cry anymore. And that listening was was what I will never forget that she did that. Never. It will always be with me. And so, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that to have that person there like you is, is just, it's a, it's a, it is a gift and it's, and it's good that we've got you there in the world and others like you. I've, I've, I've made contact with Anna, the death do Anna, Anna, she, I don't think she calls herself the death doula, but she is a death doula. I'd love to talk to you about that um, in a minute, but just to go, just tell us about your book and then yeah, let's okay. come back to, let's come back to the death doula um, well. conversation. Then I can talk, then I can talk about my brother-in-law dying as well. So it'd be good. Just tell yeah, us about a lot in what you a lot in what you've just said that would you know that I would love to explore more. So many, you know, the, the book has actually brought me to having such a a deeper understanding and appreciation for for grief as a subject. And I would say in many ways that that is what the book is about. Um, so the book came about quite interestingly. Um, I have a very dear friend who is also a client who I was supporting with what we all assumed would be a normal home live birth um, a couple of years ago. And she had a beautiful pregnancy. She had a lovely relationship, still has a lovely relationship with the father of her children um, and was very keen to have her baby at home and went over over her dates so you know she was going through the the processes that we all go over when we go over you know a bit of pressure for going into the hospital for monitoring and she was navigating that that really well I was supporting her with you know what she was choosing at all those stages and then um one day the midwives came around and it was a it was a strange day I'd gone around for a cup of tea and we were just sat and we'd the night before we'd put some henna on her bump we just felt like it was, you know, we, we needed to fill the time and it was nice just to, you know, to have that henna there for when she was in labour and we were just hanging out and chatting. And I went around the following morning and there was a very different energy in the house just when I came in. And me and my client quite often reflect on this, actually, that that morning we both felt a very different energy in the house. And I don't know, you know, everybody listening might not necessarily have the same interpretation of what energy is, but there was something of loss in the air and the midwives came round. Um, my client had experienced slightly reduced movement throughout the night. So they came round and there was, there was no heartbeat. So 
me and her and her and the father took a very painful 13 minute journey to the hospital where we went in and there was confirmation that there was no heartbeat and within moments you know I think literally as my client's face crumpled into the the despair that obviously comes from that moment of deep shock and sadness she got her first contraction um, and went into labor um, and and labored for a very long time to give birth to her her beautiful daughter who was um, stillborn and going through that that journey and meeting her daughter it's it's the most the most term loss that I'd supported and um, everybody was in shock it was still an incredibly incredibly beautiful birth her daughter was beautiful um, she actually received some really really great care during that period of time as well um and about I'm going to fast track you know there's a lot I could say about that birth but fast tracking about a a year later I was on the phone to her and um and she just she sort of posed the question to me why I've got all these books all these books I had during pregnancy and they're around the house why did none of them tell me this was going to happen why didn't why didn't any of them talk about it more? You know, they're all they're all so pro everything. They're all this or all that. Why? Where was the book that was meant to tell me um, that this was that this was likely? She said, you know, it's hidden in the very dark corners of the very back of these pregnancy books. Oh, and these, you know, unfortunate circumstances. And 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 I said, well, I think there are a lot of books out there on baby loss. But then began sort of looking into it and going, actually, a lot of these are for afterwards. You know. We're not talking about loss as part of our birth preparation. Inevitably, you know, we're we're very death denied and we don't want to go through our pregnancy thinking no. about loss. No. But therefore, we're also not receiving education in it as young people. We're not focusing on our education in it as birth workers prior to being exposed to it. So I, I contacted Pinter and Martin, um, knowing them for, for several other books and said, you know, hi, I was just wondering who's writing about loss at the moment. I was wondering if there's anything I could direct my client towards. And I got an email back a few days later sort of saying, great that you want to write the um, Why Baby Loss Matters book, Kay. What's your, what's your outline proposal for? <laughs> um, that hadn't been my intention, um, but loss work and grief work have been calling me forward in in a lot of ways and and it felt right you know it felt felt really like a thing that I could do for that particular woman and to honor a daughter was to put the right book out there on on the shelf and I've just I've just sort of misquoted myself there isn't the right book on baby loss I think that's my opening line to the book you know there's not the right book on it but what felt very important to me was to talk about grief to not talk about miscarriage, to not talk about stillbirth, to not talk about ectopic pregnancy, not talk about neonatal loss, not talk about termination as separate subject, subjects, but to go, grief is a natural and normal response to loss or change of any kind. And there are thousands, millions of women who, and families and birthing people who experience loss um, that, they need to have validated that they need to have acknowledgement for they need to be able to understand their grief in a, in a way that isn't about quantifying it you know we we rush to go um you know in a, in a world where we're so exposed to so many stories and experiences it's very easy to go you know I didn't have it as bad as or mm. you know oh she's got it much worse than me or the, you know I, I know I can get pregnant but um you know, I'm sure I'll get over it. But the loss that you experience from each pregnancy that doesn't happen, from each experience of a relationship breakup where you walk away from a parenting role that you had come to in a step-parent experience, even, you know, talking the book about the loss of healthier outcomes, you have a baby that you weren't anticipating having with health conditions or syndromes that you weren't geared up to have. That grief, if if your grief for the loss you experience doesn't have time and validation, then it doesn't move. It doesn't go anywhere. We don't integrate it into how we move forward and, and live. And that's not moving on. That's not getting over. That's not forgetting the loss. That's being able to live in a way where you can live with peace. 
Mm. Yeah, that's so so interesting. So so tell us the, who the, who is the book who is the book for? It's for anyone who's in. Is it is it really around maternity care? You could pick this book up if you were supporting anybody with loss. You could definitely pick this up as a, a student midwife, as a doula, anybody who was wanting to get a broad overview of the concept of grief relating to baby loss of any kind. You could definitely pick this up as a person who has experienced baby loss or who is going through a pregnancy with previous information about loss in their in their story so maybe previous miscarriages previous um experiences of loss as a partner as a, an extended family member so it's really anybody that is in that kind of circle of grief so that circle around the person who has experienced loss i think you could also pick this up as a as a feminist or as some as a social birth activist somebody who was interested in understanding some of the circumstances of baby loss that are not okay you know that aren't natural happenings that are because of the way that we because of the way that society is based I, I touch um with the beautiful insight from both Elsie El- Gale and um Narva Carmen on the insights into um infertility loss and into the way in which communities of people who are from minority ethnic groups or from areas where systemic racism impacts on the outcomes that they have in relation to loss both that sort of added into the book because I I feel very strongly that there are circumstances of loss that are not okay and you know loss is never okay but where there is something that could have been changed within a system of care or within a societal um, structure then those kind of negative outcomes aren't okay. And um, yeah, some really useful insight in the book around incidences of loss relating to domestic violence circumstances. Um, yeah, so I guess it's a, it's a bit wow. of a, a, a... To get all that in a little <laughs> book, because I know they're very small books, aren't they? And, and yeah. very, yeah. <clears throat> so, so tell us, the book is out on the 5th of November and it's available yeah. to pre-order now. Yep. By the time we publish this podcast, it should be there on the shelves and it's available on Amazon and Pinterest via Pinterest Martin directly. Um, yep. You can buy it from my website as well. If you want a signed copy, I'm selling it on my website, which is birthandloss.uk. You can order it there. Fantastic. I'll sign it and write it to whoever you want it written to. That's wonderful. Well, I've got my own copy already, so... Yep. I'm very lucky to have that in my hands. So I'm going to be reading it and sharing it on social media a lot. Um, so that that's really interesting, Kay. And, you know, just to hear to hear a bit more in depth about what's inside the book is is so good. And congratulations on writing it, because I know it's not an easy task, but it's great that you've done it. And well, it's more than great. It's just a, fabulous that you've done it. And I'm sure that it's going to help so many people. Um, especially the ones that you've highlighted that it's for and you know in the future who knows it's just going to lead to other things so you know so well done on that and um, thank you Gina. I, I, hope, I hope you're going to celebrate in some way I'm um, sure I will yeah I think to be it's funny people keep sort of saying you know what you must be so so happy that the books come out I just I, I do feel proud I feel proud that it's been you know that it's that has happened but I think the main thing is I I feel so privileged this book mm. took me to speaking having 190 conversations with women experiencing loss it led to me supporting numerous women through their loss experiences during lockdown and during COVID because they mm. they just were reaching out to me in response to the book but they were actually still right in the throes of their loss and um what an honour to have heard all of those stories, to have the generosity of insight of all of these women and families. And, um, yeah, it's, so it, it feels like a privilege, you know. And so, yeah, what what I'll do to celebrate, I'll, um, I'll probably sit and look at typos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me, don't say that. <laughs> Well, that's hilarious. Well, I, as you know, I'm, I'm, um, me and Anna have been on with writing Why Midwives Matter for years, and 
and there's been always been something happening and the procrastination around it has been like 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 deafening but we need to we need to get it done you need to get it done yeah and I've started I've actually start I've made it made a good headway into it and um so you know during this time this lockdown time I've like I had to kind of get my head into it but yeah you've given me a lot of inspiration so thank you for that Kay. That's all right and what a series hey you know I think just to add so much gratitude to Pinter and Martin and to Susan the editor Susan Lassienta who has just created a series of books that is so rich in in the range of of titles and the range of authors so I feel I feel so pleased that in writing a book it's part of that collection of incredible absolutely absolutely I mean they're just uh and it goes on and on doesn't it I was thinking actually in the night that we we need um we need a book on why obstetricians matter and uh, and I've got some really good um nominee nominations for that so I was thinking because it's on my mind all the time this book is on my mind my book I mean not 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 yours which we should be talking about right now (laughs) but um We are, we are. We're just chatting. We're just chatting. Gosh, the sun is really strong through the window. It looks beautiful. It it is beautiful. I can't wait to get out walking. So, um, yeah, so just um, I just wanted to chat to you about just just before we come to an end on our on our our lovely, lovely conversation, inspiring conversation um, is that I've just been in stuck inside. Uh, just just in over the past w- 10 days really because I've had a positive coronavirus test and I've also had symptoms of coronavirus which have been not not severe but but not pleasant and um, during that time I've actually lost my brother-in-law and so I was able to be with him when he was dying um, during the, during his final days and I was able to be with his family just after he died and that's when the coronavirus kind of spread around our family in a really horrific way and it's caused a lot of trauma really and because what we've what the loss that we've had is that we haven't been able to say goodbye to him properly in not in life because we did in life but not in death so we have a strong family tradition of funeral doing and um, especially he he him and his his family, um, you know, is, it really mattered to his wife that he had a, a wonderful funeral, which because of coronavirus didn't happen, not just the normal restrictions, but because a lot of the, of the family have, have been, um, have contracted the disease. So it meant that they couldn't go to church. It had to be online. And oh my goodness me, it's been really, really hard. And we've also felt some guilt because we've actually passed some of it on un- unknowingly. Um, some that you know we've passed the virus on when we didn't know we had it so there's been all that going on and that's the grief in that has been enormous and so I think I'm going to find the book really useful Um, but what I wanted to share with with the listeners was was this incredible thing that um, this incredible experience that we had um, when my brother-in-law died he had a really really good death so it was good it was sad but it wasn't bad it was it was exceptionally um loving because he he knew he was dying he he uh he was very peaceful up to a point but then his all his family were around him to say goodbye and his final breaths were with everybody there in his home so in comparison to how 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 some some individuals are experiencing death during covid is is so different and and the reason why i wanted to talk to you about it was because at the same time i've been um ex, i've been helping my friend's daughter to to decide where to have a baby this this is you know all running in parallel so whilst my my brother-in-law was dying at home she was deciding you know this is months and months she was making a decision first baby where to have a baby and she ended up having a home birth with her mother and her husband with her now she if she'd have had a baby in hospital or been separated um from from her loved ones it would have been a very it could have been a very different experience she's had an amazing experience so I've had we've had this good death this really empowering 
death and this really empowering birth experience together and 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 it's and I've not known how to express these these feelings of of gratitude to you know and you and you you know as well as I do when you see something work really well and you see how beautiful it can be but of course not everybody has that do they and imagine when I keep thinking about my my brother-in-law's death how different it could have been if he was in hospital and had restricted visiting and separate from all those loved ones and then I've, I've since then I've been talking to a f- quite a few of my friends who know people that have had those kind of terrible terrible deaths where so how do you ever get over that do you know how do you I wonder how you ever get over if you because I've been sad about not being at my my brother-in-law's funeral but at least I was there when he was getting ready to die and so we ha- I have all those memories so you know there there is such a need for all this kind of like discussion and I know you years, and I think you know you you talk with such eloquence through what has been a such a hard time for you as a family you talk with such eloquent uh, eloquence about the the commonality between the spaces of birth and death and I think that's what this work has led me to understand is that they're you know they are the yin and yang of each other aren't they these two guarantees of these two only guarantees that we have there'll be birth there'll be death and I think the the more I engage um, my life is is moving me more and more to talking to death doulas and grief space holders Mm -hmm. these days and and meeting some incredible people through that and the conditions for holding space for death Mm -hmm. ensuring that there is that space for you know as you've just spoken about for that communication to happen um you said when you were talking to me earlier off of the podcast that um that your sister loved him to death and I think there's so much in that she loved him all the way through. It's like it's, it's that journey to death. You know, she really, really loved him to the point of of death. And for so many of us, again, similarly to birth within the medicalized system of how we hold space for this, there is such a loss of of ability for compassion, for time, for ceremony, for true acknowledgement of what has happened to stand in the energy of the change you know from from their being life to their they're not being life um and the work that I'm doing now the way that I've kind of come to your question just to acknowledge what your question was is what do you do about that you know what do you do about that enormous amount of grief um something that I've come to to recently training is to be a what's called a grief recovery specialist I talk about this a fair amount in the book um and I don't I think just to begin you know you don't ever get over loss loss doesn't you don't get over it it's not a case that we forget it's not a case that we don't remember it's not a case that our life reaches a point where our grief doesn't continue to manifest in the way that it does but what you can learn to do and I genuinely truly believe this is where my the word recovery might be a little bit sparky uh, spiky for people but I genuinely believe we can reach a point where we can live a happy and healthy life going forward with peace in it and integrate our loss narrative into something that we are able to communicate and receive care and compassion with and and I think that the key to that, and this is what grief recovery method would say, is that the key to that is finding a way to deliver unresolved communications. Um, so that process might be one really to explore, actually work through the grief recovery um, method. And I'd happy to about that to do that, you know, with your family. Um, there are ways through the method which allow you to say what was my loss and what do I need to say what components do I need to address to make sure that I have said all of the things that I didn't manage to get to say and then you through the method you reach a point where you have somebody witness a final letter um to complete the relationship and and that's not uh it's not like done and dusted they're then out of your life you never think about them it's about giving voice allowing some of that pressure that we build up inside of us when we don't have anywhere for that communication to go and we get to give it voice and speak those words um, to acknowledge the passing of that person. And, and that's that's really that's really key, I think. And, and 
and then there's also all, all the stuff as well and so much of this is in the book but like um, all the stuff around us society we need to get better at holding space for it mm. at being Absolutely. able to not try to move people away not try to fix people mm. not try to get people to hide their loss not get people to be strong but just be with the energy that is being sad or being lonely or whatever is manifesting and to to have more compassion for each other exactly the same as we need to do for new mothers exactly you know all the things we need to do to integrate holding motherhood more carefully is the same that we need to be doing for holding loss and holding grief wonderful yeah so important really important and um I think that anyone listening to this, that's that I, I guess that grief and loss touches all our lives in one way in, or another, at least once. And so we all have to expect it at some stage. So I'm sure that your book will be a huge success because it will help so many. If it just helps one person, it's a success, isn't it? So I wish you all the best for that, Kay. And um, and I'll be there. You. I'll be there championing your your incredible achievement and um and i'll be there telling you to write yours so that it's up there (laughs) you keep me going well i think we need to maybe finish now because i've got um i've got a little granddaughter who's anticipating coming to spend some time with me this afternoon after not seeing me for a while and um she's uh, she's been horse riding last night and I know she'll want to tell me all about it <laughs> and I've still got lots of emailing to do and things and I'm sure you've got a busy day ahead I'm sure course, got... but yeah it's been wonderful to take this pause and talk to you thank well, you it has it's been incredible thank you Kay and I hope very soon that we're going to be I'm going to be seeing you and able to give you a big hug like yeah we need, need a hug we do. We forgot to tell. We forgot to talk about really quickly. We forgot to talk about the time when we spent a weekend in the yurts in Lancashire. When we all had a, you know, the all maternity team had a, had a had an away weekend to say goodbye to Hannah Tizard, and we we celebrated in big time, didn't we? We had such a good weekend. And so, weekend. I know, and thank goodness we did it. Like just before every, everything stopped, and yeah. um, and we and the memories that we made were just phenomenal. In fact, I've got loads of photographs and I keep thinking I'm going to make a little film, which yeah. I should do. Um, but just just to say that that was when Kay and I met in person and now I've become your adopted mum. Yeah, one of them, one of your adopted mums. And so that's a huge privilege as well. Anyway, have a lovely day, Kay. You too, and lovely. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your, your time with your children today and your, your lovely Sam. And, um, and I'll speak to you soon. Yep, and thank you to everyone who's listened as well. Yeah, thanks everyone. Thank you.